Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors Blues booth. Boardwalk Hardwood Floors has quaint floors for every home with locations in West County, South County, St. Charles County, and our new location in Mid-County. And online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and Joe Vitale is standing by. Joey will have the call of the Blues and the Avalanche. Game 6 tonight, about 11 hours from right now, here on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario with the pregame at 6. Good morning, Joey V. How you doing? Randy, doing great, man. You and Michelle, hope you guys are having a great morning as well. Having a great morning, but uh, Joey, I'm flummoxed. Uh, so French fries were, we, we were talking fries earlier, mm-hmm. great yeah. fries. Uh-huh. And the internet says they were invented in Belgium. Why would something that was invented in Belgium be called a French fry? Jeez. Boy, you really stumped me on that one. I don't know. That I mean, doesn't happen. No, I actually give a lot of credit to uh, Belgium for what they did there. I mean, I always thought it was just a waffle that they had, you know. And um, have you guys ever had a, a Belgium pearl sugar waffle? You ever have, ever had one of those? I don't believe I have. Can you describe it? it it's amazing, right? So they, it's, like, it's almost like a pudding-like texture to the batter. So it's thick. And they slap it on this hot griddle, and you got to go to these specially priced, uh, specially uh, excuse me, specially um, special grocery stores to find these pearl sugars. Now they're called a, a lege waffle, L I E G E, but they started in Belgium. And you put the batter in the griddle, and then you sprinkle this pearl sugar on top, and then you slam the griddle down. Now the thing about this pearl sugar is. It's about the size of a pea. Each one's the size of a pea, so it's big, almost like rock sugar. And what happens is that the sugar with the heat of the iron, it, like, it like crystallizes and it like caramelizes. And it's almost like caramel on your, on your waffle. And, and that is something they do in Belgium where they just grab it out of a griddle and then they just hand it to you in a piece of paper, and then you just munch on it. It's like snack food. But, yeah, that, that was started in Belgium as well as the waffle. So uh, the, those Belgians, they've done some good for the world. No doubt, Joe. And see, you didn't really know about French fries, but somehow you still taught us something. This is why we love talking to you every Friday. Yeah, it, it, it's good things, you know. And it's funny, when whenever you put, like, a country in front of uh, a type of food, it just se- sounds more appetizing, like the Belgium waffle. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't that sound so much better um, than just saying, like, the waffle? I mean, there's there's lots of examples. Um, you can go down that road. But, yeah, no, certainly the people from Belgium have done good. And they make some good beer, too, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't drink a lot of beer. I'm more of a whiskey guy. Absolutely. Okay, Joe, let's go back to Game 5. We haven't talked to you since then. I want your reaction. What was the environment like at Ball Arena after the Blues came back and won that game? Oh, man, I mean, I'm still catching my breath. It, it was – I haven't experienced – I've never experienced a game like that. You know, and I've, I've experienced certainly some, some great ones in the four years being in the booth. I mean, 
obviously game seven versus the Stars was, was special back in 19. And of course, obviously game seven versus the Bruins when the Blues won the Stanley Cup. But there was never a game, I don't remember, Michelle, that had the ebb and flows, the ups and downs of, of that game. Like, like you guys were witnessing it. And of course, I'm witnessing it as a fan, but then also having to speak about it. I mean, I was actually choked up on the Bozak goal. I, I, I think I, in the call, I was like, I, let me start over. I, I am mixing up my words here. It was, it was a disaster. Like, if you want to talk about one of the worst calls ever, go listen back to my call on the Bozak overtime goal. I mean, I, I literally couldn't even process what was happening. And I think that um, it was just a really, really fun game. Like, where I was, like, just uh, encapsulated as a fan. Like, I kind of forgot for a minute I was, I was supposed to be talking about this game. And Curbs and I were up there just enjoying what we were watching. And I think the word, like, proud was brought up in the broadcast at some point. I was just really proud of the team that I was witnessing. You know, I think the fans felt that, too. I mean, you look at Craig Berube's reaction in the locker room of the game. To me, it was just pride. He just felt so proud of the way those guys fought it out. And, and you, felt, you felt proud to be from St. Louis. You felt proud to represent uh, or at least have the Blues represent who, who your fan base is, right? So that, to me, what, what it was all about. Uh, the, uh, the lows, of course, you just felt like the season was winding down little by little, just taking it away from you. And then Tarasenko's goal sparked something. You're like, what? Hold on. <laughs> and then the, and the ice just started to tilt. I hated the way Colorado played that third period. I thought they weren't even playing to to save a win. They weren't even playing not to lose. They were just playing like lackadaisical, like like hockey where they they weren't primed and ready for that moment. Like they they almost like were waiting around to lose. And you felt the ice tilt, and then Darcy Kemper lets up another one, and then all of a sudden Robert Thomas heats up and like, whoa, look out! They tie it. We're all so pumped. And then Nathan McKinnon does what Nathan McKinnon does, and he just makes one of the most superb, genuinely most fantastic end-to-end goal I have ever seen in my life firsthand. And you're thinking, wow, we did it. We came close, but we just got beat by one of the best players in the world. And you're okay with that. Like, we were, we were fine with that. If the season ended right then and there, you're okay. But then, of course, Thomas ties it up again, and all, all, all of a sudden the fourth line, unlikely hero Tyler Bozak. So, yeah, just all up and down, all over the place, uh, certainly one – uh, one of uh, my favorite ones to call, and then the plane ride at the end. You know, Tyler Bozak joking with everyone that they had to uh, redo their summer summer schedules and redo their <laughs> summer vacations because in the second period, I think a lot of people were already looking for flights to Mexico, and and all of a sudden Tyler Bozak really ruined that. But we all had a good chuckle about it. It was a great plane ride home, and and this team's excited about the next one. Hey Joe, how are hockey players at car- compartmentalizing? Specifically, if you're the Avalanche and you lose a game like that, does that have any effect whatsoever tonight? I think it does. If you're a team like Colorado, I do, Randy. I think it's a good question, and I think it's different from team to team. It's different from player to player. But when you're Colorado and you have not made it past the second round in the last three years, I mean, it's it's kind of that. It's kind of like the the Cubs and the Red Sox. You know, when they were kind of just like tainted for all those years where he just felt like at some point uh, they were going to screw it up. It's starting to kind of become the Colorado thing. Like, at what point in the second round are they going to screw this thing up again? And the way they did it in Colorado to give up a 3 nothing lead, having a 3-1 lead in the series, it's almost so dramatic where you're looking at it, are they starting to really second-guess? Not to say that they're cursed, because obviously it's a much longer time has to happen before you, you claim being cursed, like what the Red Sox had to go through. But at the same time, you're thinking like, gosh, what, what is it about us in this group that just can't get over the hump? And, and to me, it was such a dramatic fashion and an emotional one the other night in, in Denver. 
I think for Colorado, the players, I think they're starting to like think, oh my gosh, is this happening all over again? So, you know, for, for an experienced team like the Blues with a lot of Stanley Cup champions, um, if, if, if the roles were reversed, to me, it doesn't phase them at all. You know, they've been here, they've done that. It's just one game at a time. But it would not shock me, would not surprise me one bit if we see Colorado play a little hesitant, a little yippy, a little passive tonight because of that is certainly looming in the back of their minds. Joey, we saw some guys who needed to get going, get going in Game 5, namely Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko. What did you think it was about that game that allowed those two to finally break through? You know, Michelle, I think it was just they finally got the bounce they needed. You know, I, I, I've i really liked Robert Thomas's game this series. And I know that he, he's been kept off the score sheet up until last game from, from a goal standpoint. But I, I, I loved how he was getting chances. Like, you knew it was right there. I mean, he, had, he just missed a tip in that first period last game. And you saw him look up to the sky like, come on, give me a break already. He had a breakaway on a power play uh, entry from Buchnevich. I think it was in the second period. It went right to the glove of Darcy Kemper. He had a few of those, but he was getting his looks. And you just knew that it was, it was any day now or any moment now he was going to explode and, and get through. Same with Tarasenko. I loved how he was skating. I thought he, his motor was going. He was physical. He was engaged in games. They were doing everything but, but scoring. And so when you're a goal scorer and, and you're paid to score goals, and, and you, the biggest thing is you've got to make sure you're getting your chances because I've seen players like them who um, are in droughts who aren't even getting shots on goal, and that's a really bad spot to be. So it was really just a matter of getting that bounce. Um, and then once you get one, there's – there's this feeling that overcomes you. It, it like takes over your body. You know, whenever you score a big goal, especially a playoff goal like Robert Thomas and Tarasenko did, but especially for Thomas, who's a lot younger, you know, there's a feeling you come back to the bench that there, there's no feeling in the world that will compare to it. I've always said that the two, the two greatest feelings a hockey player could ever experience, I think, is scoring a goal like they did or, or getting in like a big fight and having your adrenaline going and the crowd behind you and you get to the penalty box and you sit there for a couple minutes. I mean, those, those are like you feel – you feel untouchable. And anyone who's ever uh, boxed will, will tell you this. We, we boxed a lot in college, and our hockey coach, who was a bit of a psycho, we'd go from practice to boxing all the time. But, but his, the reality is why he wanted us to do it is because when, you, when you're fighting with someone, it's like you can kind of look right into their soul. Like you kind of can see something. And then you realize you're not, you're not made of glass, and you can take a lot too. And, and you leave the ring, and you have this amazing, this abundance of confidence uh, to take on the world because of what you just went through and experienced. And, and the same thing goes, obviously, for fighting in the hockey rink. And, and the goal, and scoring a goal is that feeling where you just feel like you, you can step on the ice at this point and do anything, and it, and it won't, and it'll go right, right? Nothing, will, nothing bad will happen. And that's that kind of um, goal energy you hear a lot about where, where players can get really streaky. And that's where I think that in this series, to kind of bring it back to this series, this is what's interesting about um, how this whole thing's evolving. It reminds me a lot of the Minnesota series in a sense. It was the O'Reilly Perron show for the first few games in Minnesota. But when Tarasenko scored that hat trick in Minnesota, to me, that's when the series ended. It was over. Minnesota, they knew that not only do they got to deal with O'Reilly, but now Tarasenko got hot. So there was just too much pressure coming at them, and they couldn't withstand it. And the Blues you know, ran away with it, of course, from that moment on. Now I look at this series in the same way. It was O'Reilly and Perron again for the first three, four games. And now they're looking at it like, wow, now if Tarasenko and Thomas gets hot on top of Perron, like, wow, that, that may be a wave that we can't withstand. So we will see if it, um, if it mimics and kind of uh, mirrors the, the image of what that Minnesota was. But certainly I know for Colorado's sake, I think it is something certainly to be concerned about when you get a lot of different goal scorers going at this point. Hey, Joey, I, I asked Matthew to find that highlight from the winning goal the other night. And here, here's the way it sounded. 
St. Louis gets their first. Devon Taves, flying pressure. Letty settles it down, sends it towards the net. Nachushkin has it stolen by Bozak. Let's it fly, they score. Bozak through the legs of Darcy Kemper, and the Blues complete the comeback. They live to fight another day. And game six will be in St. Louis coming up on Friday. Oh, that wasn't you guys. That wasn't us. That must have been the Colorado side. But he sounded pretty boring, though. I guess ours probably sounded a little bit better. <laughs> he, he sounded down after Bozak's goal. <laughs> he, he sounded kind of bummed. Yeah, I think mine was more along the lines. And, and Bozak, he, he got a puck, and um, it came from somewhere. And, wow, look at the bench. Let, let me start this over. I, it was, it was god-awful. Like, I, I, am, I saw the whole play happen. I just couldn't get my mouth wrapped around what I was witnessing and just the, the night that it was. And, and some of those are kind of fun, but that's what I hope we just bury and we never bring back out. <laughs> or we bring it back all the time, Joe, because I think you represented the way that we felt watching it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's, it, was, it was genuine, I'll tell you that, that's for awesome. sure. Yeah. By the way, you can find uh, Lay's Sugar on Amazon. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, th- that's something that I'm going to have to, uh, this summer, I'm going to try, maybe Memorial Day weekend. I don't know if I can get this, the sugar that fast, but maybe this this weekend I'll try that at home. Yeah, I think, you, I think you guys should give it a whirl. There's a great global food shop here in Kirkwood. I think they carry it as well. Um, but, yeah, she's big old rock sugar. I think you could probably use any any kind of, waffle batter and then just right when you throw the batter in the griddle just sprinkle a couple of those big rock pearl sugars on top and slap the iron down baby and it'll just caramelize and it'll just you don't even need syrup it's so sweet it's perfect it sounds great joe okay so heading into game six tonight what is the game plan for the st louis blues how do they secure the victory well i tell you one thing i don't know if it's tonight or or sunday if they get there but billy huso will have to steal one i don't know which one um ideally you know you hope hopefully it's tonight so you can push into a game seven but if they figure out a way to get through tonight and he still lets up three, four goals, maybe then you need to steal one on Sunday. But, but one thing is certain, you're, you're going to need your goaltender to steal one. And I actually have really liked the fact that the Blues have gotten to Darcy Kemper now. I, you know, with Bennington in that, it was certainly an advantage St. Louis goaltending. Now with Billy in, with the way he's been playing, I think it's a scratch. I think they're both about even. But I think that, you know, for Billy, I think that he has one game in him where he could look the way he looked in that first game in Minnesota. He's going to need a couple bounces. He's going to need a couple posts, but I think if you can really get under the skin of McKinnon and Lannisgog and just be on top of your crease, though he's played well in this building um, all season long, so he's confident here, but I do think that he, he will need to steal one. You know, five on five, I think we're going to see a lot more five on five as tonight goes, hopefully Sunday. Um, so it will be, um, I think St. Louis will be outmatched a little bit because of, of how Colorado does play five on five. So for me, it really does come down to number 35. And at one point here in the next night or on Sunday, hopefully it will be him having to run away and steal the show. Hopefully a shutout, maybe just let the one and then your power play get your couple. Hey, Joey, I, we have like 45 seconds here, but I want to make sure that you get a chance to talk about this because we've all watched Connor McDavid play since he came into the league. And for me, the, the fear was that he would figure it out come playoff time. That series against Calgary, it looked to me like Connor McDavid had out come playoff time. He's the best player in the world, hands down, not even close. Um, it's it's remarkable what he's doing. He's trying to, he's guarded, he's double teamed, triple teamed. You can't give him any space, um, or he's going to make you pay for it. Uh, the way he is changing this game, the greatest hockey player. I'm talking about from a from a technical skill standpoint. No one will ever ever touch him. I think in our lifetime, and you know uh, the way he's evolved the position. Um, his eyes are amazing. The way he anticipates, he's he's staring at, at, at defensemen skates, and as soon as he sees a weight shift, he goes the other way, and that's what just makes the explosion out of him um, so surreal, so amazing. 
I, I for one, hockey, a hockey fan, am so grateful that he is going to make it to the third round. I think he deserves it. He needs it. I think it's good for the good for the league, good for the team. And of course, I'm really excited if St. Louis can get there, uh, Randy. I think it's going to be a heck of a series. I really hope the Blues can figure out a way to to meet him here in the conference final. We will see you tonight at the rink. Let's bring home a winner. Sounds good, guys. Have a great weekend. Joey V, thanks. You too. Take care. That is Joe Vitale on 101 ESPN. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Nationally acclaimed heart surgeons. Advanced treatments for AFib. At Valley Health System in northern New Jersey, elite cardiac care takes many things. Breakthrough treatments for valve replacement. Some you might expect access to clinical trials while others you might not a team-based approach to your care questions that never go unanswered valley health system everything medicine can do a few things medicine can't